until you're happy with yourself, you're not going to attract the type of person that you really want. You're going to attract someone who sees you how you see yourself, which probably isn't that great if you're bad at being alone. friends welcome back to the pod today we're gonna be talking about solitude and loneliness versus being alone and although this topic might seem a little bit obscure i'm gonna steal that word from chithara we think it's something that's important to talk about especially in the time period of our lives that we're in now where there are a good amount of chunks of time spent alone where you're either moving to a new place, you have a new job, and it's important to have a grasp, a good handle on spending time with yourself and what that means and how to stay fulfilled. Uh, While of course, obviously um, indulging in the social animal that you are, but how we maintain that balance and how we show that with our relationships, whether it's being single or traveling alone or just, um, yeah, trying out a new environment. So let's get started. So maybe we can start by going around and talking about our own relationship with solitude and loneliness. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Does anyone want to start? yeah I can go ahead (laughs) I'll take one for the team Um, because yeah I know it's like kind of a weird topic to talk about because for me at least when I'm with my friends I don't want to talk about like how lonely I might feel when I'm not with my friends so I feel like I just end up not talking about it at all Um, but I've definitely felt it a lot like in this time period that we're in like in the pandemic um, and I moved to a new city almost two years ago but a good chunk of that time has been during the pandemic so it's kind of feel felt like I'm I'm still new here um, since I haven't spent that much time like around other people um, but yeah I've I think I've experienced loneliness in very different ways throughout my life like when I was um, maybe in high school, I might feel lonely because I'm not a part of like the cool popular crowd or like I remember the summer before I left for college, um, I did this like intense hiking trip in Wyoming and I I didn't have internet for like almost a month. I couldn't listen to music. And I think I, even though I was with this group of people, I felt pretty lonely because like I couldn't spend time with my family just before I left for school and Um, that felt kind of isolating in its own way. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Was that where the guy didn't poop for two weeks? Well, yeah, it was a guided group, so. Oh, I also think Shimona asked if it was when the guy didn't poop. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said guided group for two weeks. Sounds very similar. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so all that weird shit happened too. Like a guy didn't poop for two weeks. And then one of my close friends in the camp or in the group, she tried to like run away and make her own camp like a mile away. <laughs> and so my only friend got kicked out of the group. <laughs> and then 
I, my other friend did this laughing so hard. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> running away in the middle of the woods like what she where is she gonna go <laughs> okay I'll, I'll st- I can yeah, compose I- myself okay I'm, I'm done <laughs> um, but anyway going back to loneliness I feel like I felt it pretty intensely in when I was in Mexico too. And that experience kind of reminded me of Wyoming because I was like disconnected from everyone in a different way. Um, and I was really missing like my cute college life where I would like hang out with friends all the weekends and all that. Um, and so I think I got really good at being alone though when I was there, like even though I was in a relationship and like I, it wasn't like alone in the single sense, but I don't know, doing long distance in a different country kind of felt that way sometimes. Um, so I spend a lot of time like just in coffee shops or walking around. Um, and I think like in the beginning, that was really hard. And I'd feel kind of like upset doing that because I'd always think like, I wish I had a friend with me to do all this stuff. But then like as time went on and I like met more people and made more friends, like I would kind of go out of my way to have those like alone days because I really like enjoyed them and other people can be annoying sometimes um so I think it made me appreciate like solitude and being alone in a new way um and just having that quiet time and especially now that I'm a teacher and I'm just like always talking um I wish I had that time now to just like spend a day at a cafe by myself like doing whatever um and yeah, that, and that's also interesting because now that I'm a teacher, I'm just either around children or I'm around my coworkers um, or I'm like talking to someone. Like it's pretty rare. I'll just have time when I'm just not talking. And then when I come home, like I'm hanging out with my boyfriend because we haven't seen each other all day. So we're like catching each other up and or we're like watching TV together. So I feel like I haven't really experienced like true solitude or true aloneness. Um, but I do think you can still be lonely, like even if you're around people all the time and talking, because um, I think of loneliness as like feeling disconnected or feeling isolated. And I think in terms of like being disconnected from like my close friends or my family, like that loneliness has felt very real at times. Um, but at the same time, like I am so distracted by other things that I don't really like revel in, in being alone and my loneliness the way I might've like when I was in Mexico and I just got so used to spending time alone. So yeah, that's, that's kind of been my journey through aloneness. I won't say loneliness cause <laughs> I feel like it's not always like that negative feeling of being lonely, you know? Yeah. I liked how you um, defined it before, how like loneliness was, you want to say it because I forgot what you said, but or just just like wishing you were around people or feeling connected to the people around you. And then or, I mean, you you gave like a definition to the difference between loneliness and solitude, like oh, before okay. we were recording. Do you want to say that? Sure. I liked it. 
Um, so I, I saw loneliness as like pining for human connection and like intimacy, but solitude is more acceptance and peace and like accepting um, the fact that you're alone, accepting the fact that you're, you know, not distracted. You're just sitting with your thoughts. You feel like intimacy with your thoughts and your memories and in yourself. Um, yeah. Loneliness is like that lack of intimacy, like just feeling this cold distance from everything. Yeah. There's also this um, like Instagram girl who does, um, I think I sent it, sent her to you guys. She's like the, the vegan one who's also like a model and does like the, the cool like Caribbean foods with the, do you remember? Potato soul? No. <laughs> I it's think like that's- Lynn. I don't remember, but um, I remember her name, but she she does like she talks about like like romancing yourself and creating intimate moments with yourself more and even like she'll literally just dress up wear makeup cook herself a bomb meal and just play some music and eat alone and i thought that was very like meditative and also spoke to how you described solitude i like that i love that romancing yourself yeah because I deserve it from exactly. myself. Yeah. There's um, a talk called The Only Person You Need to Marry. And it's about how, like, you should marry yourself and, like, always make sure you're, like, the way you would treat and look out for a spouse, do that with yourself. Like, that kind of reminds me of the dressing up and, I don't know, eating out like you would be with somebody else. But, doing it for yourself yeah I totally agree and it comes like it it's associated with so many other aspects of your life like even developing confidence and all of that if you don't speak to yourself the way you would speak to someone you care about or you love then you're gonna kind of have this bad image of yourself if you know what I mean like if you keep insulting yourself and calling yourself fat or calling yourself ugly then you're go- that's the, the image you're going to portray to other people as well. Whereas when your self-talk is more positive and encouraging, then that's also what you're going to emit to other people. Yeah, and I also think about like if you don't have that positive self-talk, how hard it is to just be alone with yourself. And I think that might be why some people like try to self-medicate or numb themselves. Like I've definitely done that in the past before where I'll do things to like distract myself just to like not be alone in a room with myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I actually think that is exactly what I do every time I'm alone in a room. <laughs> like, and even not not in like a, an extreme sense, but just like I cannot sit in silence by myself. And maybe that's even speaks more towards, so I guess I'll just get into my relationship with aloneness. Um, But even just, I don't know if like maybe this is more so because technology is playing a larger role in people's lives. But as soon as I'm in a room by myself, I'll put on a podcast or I'll play some music or I'll put on the TV and 
then it's also like, well, are you really alone if you have these other voices and these other people that are kind of in the room with you, not physically, but they're at least taking you away from your own thoughts. And maybe that's also comes down to like a lack of mindfulness and all that. Um, but I noticed that I seek out being not alone whenever I am alone. But then I almost weirdly, when I'm either in a relationship or I'm hanging out with people I don't really want to be hanging out with, I feel very alone. And it's all this like loneliness in company that I think I find myself in pretty frequently, especially in relationships that I'm not really happy in. I notice this very strong feeling of loneliness while this person is right next to me, which has always been interesting. But then it's also like, is it the worst? Is it worse or is it the same when I'm just alone? Definitely probably worse when I'm with them. Just therapying myself right now. Um, But like right now I'm single and I don't feel alone and I don't feel that like same sense of loneliness that I think I did feel when I was in that unhappy relationship, if that makes sense. So yeah, I would say I have a bad relationship with solitude. Yeah, what you said kind of reminds me of this podcast that talked about marriage. And I know like none of us are married, so we might not relate to this exactly just yet. But surprise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at the ring. Um, but it was basically saying how feeling lonely in a marriage is like one of the loneliest feelings in the world because you're like the only person in the world who's married to that person who can really understand what it's like to go through what you're going through. Um, And that just reminded me of your point that like you can be sitting right next to someone and talking and feel so disconnected and distant from them and feel like drained by them. Like you don't, you don't have that like intimacy or sense of closeness with yourself or with that other person if they're draining you. Very true. And I also don't think you can, (laughs) I don't think you can really get that feeling of loneliness to leave you until you're able to sit with yourself successfully because even when when I'm alone and the way I handle it is by distracting myself being in a relationship with someone is just another form of a distraction and I don't think that feeling of even finding someone that you're totally pleased with will ever come for you until you're able to be pleased with yourself just at a baseline. Um, so yeah, that whole saying, like when you're not looking for someone, they'll come to you. I very much stand by that. I feel like that's so relevant. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people just say that to like reassure single people, but I think it, it's more so until you're happy with yourself, you're not going to attract the type of person that you really want. You're going to attract someone who sees you how you see yourself which probably isn't that great if you're bad at being alone. Yeah, and then you start to rely on that person as a crutch for your well-being. Mm-hmm. That can get toxic real fast. Yeah. And then the other person can feel like they're having to like lift your social weight almost. That's something that they probably didn't expect to sign up for. 
but also yeah that's so true oh, oh no I was just because I was actually talking to someone like pretty recently about literally that um how they felt pressure to like they they were dating someone who was not good at being social and not very extroverted but also not very good at being alone was like constantly playing video games and doing things like that Mm -hmm. and she felt like it was her fault for not pushing him to go out and be sociable and also like they like even when they were together in a room that he still was like distant and not really there so I think that takes a toll on other people as well Mm-hmm. for sure and actually that article you linked to throw how to be alone it led me to this other article that talked about how was be- that me i think that was shivani oh was that shivani? it was great it's an awesome article very thorough i also love brain pickings um but it led to a different article that talked about i think it was just like how to manage loneliness but He said that being lonely in a city is like a different flavor of loneliness because you're constantly reminded of companionship because you're always around people and either they could also be alone or like with other people, but you're kind of like reminded of what could be. And I think that's a similar feeling to when you're with people, but you don't necessarily enjoy their company or they might be toxic or you feel like you still feel lonely around other people. I think that's when like you, that's a similar feeling of like, I'm around these people that could be providing me like social fulfillment, but it's not. So I feel like I'm almost, it's like a tease, (laughs) social tease of what could be. I guess I could talk about my relationship with solitude. Hmm. So I'd say, I think my default life, like maybe my housing situation or like the proximity of friends, like my coworker relationships, I think based off of like the default states of those, I enjoy having like healthy, strong, frequently visited social ties, but I like, taking periods of solitude, like carving out time for chunks of solitude. So like I have times when I can like be with people and like, you know, whether it's one-on-one or like groups, but that's something that's like easily accessible, but then I can also like have the time to myself if I can. Cause I find that when it's one or the other, when like that balance isn't there, I've everything just kind of feels off. Like if I feel like I'm not able to have the time to do whatever it is that I need to do in solitude, then I feel like I can't be my best self around other people. But then if I am constantly in solitude, then I feel like I'm not being, because sometimes like just like socializing or being with other people helps you I mean, that itself is just like a primal need we all have. And like, I don't even know how to describe like what it does to us, but like, that's something that's not going away (laughs) anytime soon. So yeah, if it's like too much solitude, I'm like, oh, I, this is not feeling so great. But then um, 
yeah, it's just like, I feel like most of my life has just been a constant of like balancing those two. And so, which was especially apparent during the pandemic when everybody all of a sudden was very, very close proximity to either whoever they were living with or, um, yeah, it was basically like, we were all in each other's like personal space all the time. And me needing to kind of like set my boundaries and say like, this is how I want to handle my time for this period or like, um, and this is the times that I feel comfortable doing whatever it is, activities that you wanna do. And then, so that has been like a good learning lesson, but overall, I think it's usually just post college and college as well. It's just kind of like me nurturing both sides because I find it helps thrive me as a person whole as a whole when I can have a good mixture of the two I, I see I agree I agree with that because I also I don't think um it, de it depends really on where I've been at in life in terms of of how I get the opportunity to nurture solitude versus not because mm -hmm. like lately I've been living at home for oh my god I thought it was a month it's only been like 10 days oh no okay it's been two weeks still felt like a month um but I've been constantly around my family like there's no opportunity for solitude especially with the wedding and everything happening um so I've been like very socially exhausted and then even before that, I was with someone in, in a close proximity for a month. So somewhere. So I, I also didn't, which was actually fun, very fun, but also didn't really like get alone time. And then before that, I was in Boston. I was just studying constantly and then also didn't get to like really. So I think it's just been a long time since I've had the opportunity to even like experience solitude healthily or in a way that wasn't just like I need to mindlessly watch TV for hours and like kill a few brain cells to like get back to normal right now. Um, but I think before that, mid pandemic more so, I was actually getting pretty into cooking alone. And that was like my favorite moment of solitude for like on a regular basis. Um, and then also in Germany, I was living super alone in for my second semester when I was just out in the, literally the middle of nowhere. Um, so all I would do is like, I'd go to work, go to the gym, go home and like did that five days a week. And like when I was at home, that's like four or five hours just totally alone for like five days a week. I didn't realize like how much time I spent alone, but it didn't feel like I was doing it in an unhealthy way. Like I would just cook like make a meal chill by myself like it felt more calming um so I feel like your body kind of also adapts to to how much solitude you're getting or how much aloneness you're getting and then if it's I think if it's more aloneness you have maybe a better relationship with solitude whereas when it's less like now I feel like I don't want to be alone and like I need to be around people and companies so I don't know was that a rant I feel like that was a ramble rant I don't know okay you get it 
yeah, that's like what you said about finding the right kind of solitude, like in a healthy way. And then your relationship with solitude also changing throughout the phases of your life. That's a very relatable point, I think, for many people, because sometimes both your situational factors and then just like any kind of major changes in your life or maybe like anything you're going through mentally can really impact how you view, how you once viewed solitude. Like maybe for a period of your life, it was like working out was rejuvenating and that was like your moment of solitude to get away from like your, I don't know, your family or your pet or something like that. But then maybe you move to a new city and that isn't really cutting it out anymore. And you like find like, it doesn't really, I don't know. I think it like things can change in terms of like how they make you feel whole. And so maybe it's like writing does it now more though, more so than working out. And I don't know. I think it's like important to like constantly be open to different uh, outlets for spending your solitude because I mean you're probably going to have a lot of it to come in life for sure and even like nurturing it because it's so easy to just hop on your phone and scroll through like TikTok or Instagram for hours on end and literally waste all uh, all of your like opportunity to foster solitude and mindfulness um, and just like have it waste away that way when it could be used for like cultivating so much more of yourself which I right now I'm in just I literally the first thing I do is like hop on Instagram when I like have nothing to do yeah so I think that's also why I feel like this topic is so important to talk about nowadays because I think technology does a really good job of making you feel like you are awesome at being alone (laughs) like you're like yeah I can spend hours alone but if something is like being fed into my brain versus like if you think back before we didn't really have that as an option like any kind of consumption really the ways people would spend their solitude was much more either with other people or or just even just like around people in general or like maybe you're like I don't know, woodworking or like something, some kind of like craft or something that builds on your identity capital or like contributes to you or your family as a whole. Like, I mean, I think, yeah, I would think that's how mostly most people like spend their time back then, or you just kind of go throughout your day with your responsibilities. But yeah, it's so easy to think now that, or it's important to, point out that keeping yourself intentionally occupied is the key versus like just keeping yourself busy because I think most people can keep themselves busy but is what you're doing actually making you feel like once the activity is over you're like refreshed for the next next thing to tackle probably not if it's like a lot of consumption so yeah And are you like really alone if there's like people and voices and images like flashing right in front of you 
feel like not really. Yeah, you're still like your attention is on somebody else's thoughts and words and everything. Okay, sorry, Shivani. I feel like you got oh, something. Yeah, I I mean I totally agree with what you said about like if we're if we're constantly consuming and taking in technology, then we're not truly entering that like meditative solitude state. And so I guess my question would be like, when are we really there? Like how do we block out the mental chatter or the chatter that's like on our social media and just be like is is that like the goal of meditation and mindfulness? Like, is there ever, is there a thing that you do for yourself where you really feel like you are just being and existing and not feeling this need to like distract or numb yourself or anything? So were you asking that like specifically or was that more of like a yeah, like, a, or what do you guys find um, that does that for you? Like, for me, I think when I'm hiking, that's probably the time I feel it the most when I don't feel like I need to, like, quiet the mental chatter or, or check my phone. Like, I feel more like, like, reveling in my solitude, like, just spending time with the world and not really yeah. feeling connected or feeling like I need to be connected, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I struggle like a lot, especially before going to bed, which is like part reason for like my really bad insomnia um, with like calming the mental chatter. It's just like going, 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 going like something or another in my head. Um, But I feel like cooking is like the only thing that I just don't feel like I'm thinking about anything or I don't can't remember what I actively thought about while I was cooking aside from what the next step is in cooking yeah and really noticing the vegetables like yeah. I, I love meal prep just because yeah. I <laughs> right I'm like mm, look at the skin of this I don't know eggplant mm. yeah <laughs> the satisfaction of peeling off like an onion skin yeah I really wish I didn't say eggplant just now but too late <laughs> vegan vegan Bartha. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I just had a bang in Martha for dinner. <laughs> I feel like whenever you talk about cooking Chitra, I'm like, this girl needs to start something with cooking related, like whether it's like a business or some kind of side gig, because you talk about it with like the exact words and emotions that everyone like if you look anywhere online and it was like, how do you know you found your ultimate passion? And then it would tell you like how you should be feeling and the words to use. Like, that's how you talk about cooking. And I'm like, get on this, like do something with this love of yours. It's like, it's so it's so awesome that you found it like so early in your life. And I feel like, you know, it's close and it makes you so happy in like every aspect. And I feel like it should be cultivated more so than just like cooking for yourself <laughs> oh yeah I think I have like also like I'm, I'm cook or like I'll cook at the apartment for like my roommates or whatever but at the day I'm like left with just a shit ton of food and I don't really know what to do with any of it and I'm like but then I like want to just cook some more the next day like I don't and just I don't know what I'm doing with my life it's fine we're all fine then I'm also like knee deep in engineering. I don't know what's going on. Everything's fine. 
You can combine your two two gigs. True. Engineer. Engineer the like coolest best food truck in Portland, Oregon. Have you seen um like those cake war cake wars shows? They have some gnarly contraptions as a part of the cake. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you can do that with eggplant. <laughs> Specifically eggplant. <laughs> I was going to make a dirty joke, but I'll save that for after. <laughs> the uncut version. <laughs> Have you heard of Clover Food Lab? Yes. In Boston? Yeah. So I feel like they kind of do that where they mix engineering with food, where it's all about like, they focus a lot on the food science and what it takes to like create the best flavors. And I feel like you yeah. could do almost like a, I don't know. Something like like gastro something. Yeah. That, you know, like the science one. Mm -hmm. Words. I don't know if that made sense. Okay. (laughs) Well, we started a farmer's market. So I was actually thinking about, um, like, doing personal chefing Mm -hmm. for, like, date nights for people. And do it, like, kind of cheap so I can just, like, cultivate my skills and have them just like pay for groceries and then maybe like 50 bucks on top or something. Um, and yeah, and do that like locally now that I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. So listeners out there, if you're looking for a personal chef, let me in your home. Oh, I actually love that idea as like a jumping off point into your beautiful career as a food artist. Cause, yeah, because I don't really know how else to go about it in terms of like mass producing slash like selling things unless I could I guess I could like make a bunch and like people can buy it like off of me which I actually there's like Indian aunties that do this all the time apparently they like make a ton of rotis and then people will just buy like rotis by the bulk from them there's like some black market aunties doing Um, okay but what is your thing have you heard of cozy meal no it's uh that's so i took that vegan off the vegan cooking class vegan indian cooking class in austin i told you about but that's where i signed up for it and i think it's just like a bunch of it's almost like a, a gig website for chefs i don't know like how qualified you have to be but like i wonder if you could use that website to sign up as like a chef and then people can like request and book your classes through there um hopefully they don't vet me i have literally no credentials (laughs) yeah i don't know like what the credentials is but just as like a way of like getting your name out there because you can just like search on that and they would find you but i feel like you should be able to apply just through your food Mm -hmm. yeah right shouldn't you be able to like that should be my resume it's like an audition kind of yeah some tapas oh wait shimona what's your um thing that in solitude that makes all the mm. oh mm. <laughs> was like <laughs> oh this is just a podcast <laughs> i forgot i think the first thing that came to mind similar to shivani's is like doing some activity like 
dancing or hiking or just like walking around in the city or something. I find that those moments, I, hmm. It was like what you feel less al least alone in, right? That was a question. Yeah. Yeah, what makes you feel more solitude than loneliness? Yeah, I think those things. Or um, like creating of some kind, like I'm like working on a craft or uh, even if it's something that's like not super enjoyable, like maybe I'm working through like a really tough problem, but the like having the gears turning and like being in that flow state, I find that in those moments I'm like so honed in on what's going on I'm not thinking about like if I'm around people or my social life status <laughs> yeah that's so true especially when you said um doing like working through things you don't even really want to do like when I was studying for like my my master's stuff and um I like could not get something for the life of me and then all of a sudden it clicks or I get it that's like a super satisfying like solitude mm -hmm. moment yeah I think I interrupted you Shivani again oh no you're good I would yeah similarly I I think I feel that way when I'm writing like when I've gotten over the initial writer's block and I am really thinking about like even if I'm journaling and I'm just like telling a story of something that happened in my day and I just get really into like writing about that story or like writing a poem and you know I'm I'm not blocked by that mental chatter of like imposter syndrome which it all comes back to imposter syndrome <laughs> or thinking about like what will my potential audience think of this and I'm just doing the work for the sake of the work crafting for the sake of the craft like I enjoy knitting too I feel like my solitude while I'm knitting is really nice because it feels productive it feels like I'm adding something to the world um, and also I can like really meditate and listen to some to something or focus on like the music I'm listening to and yeah in those moments I don't feel like I need to block anything out or need to like fill a gap you know with with like a social life or with people around me chattering <laughs> so much chattering Mm, all the noise yeah oh I, I did have like a segment of a poem I wanted to read that kind of touches upon loneliness if is, is the author you no I I wish it's Ocean Vong oh. Oh. Right. you know him I'm guessing <laughs> um yes well I have his book like to on my to read list but it like broke down my sister. She was like, it was such a heavy emotional read. And it was, she needed like time away from reading after reading that book. It was like so intense. Um, but I'm really excited to read it and like get all the feels. And it, I'm sure I'm going to relate to it so much being first gen. So, uh, and I, I heard like his writing is super poetic and pretty. And I'm excited to like indulge in it. So yeah yeah and it's funny you mentioned your sister read that book because I think my brother read the same book and he said he would read it after a long day of work because he was in a job that was really stressful and would take up a lot of space in his brain so he would read like Ocean Vuong to kind of 
quiet his mental chatter um, because he found that with poetry, like the or like the beauty and the flow of like his language um, was so nice to read after a long day of being stressed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so this is just a part of the poem because the whole poem is a little long. Um, it's called Someday I'll Love Ocean Vuong. And I'm just going to look that up to make sure I'm saying it the right way because it comes up again. Wait, the title is like Someday I'll Love? Um, With his name in it. Yeah, Someday I'll Love Ocean Vuong and like his name is Ocean Vuong. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. He always has such interesting titles. Even his book title. I was like, immediately when I asked my sister what she was reading and she said it, I was like, I need to read that book. I don't even know what it's about, but I need to read it. <laughs> On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. Is it that yeah. book? Like, what a beautiful, just like, oof, like touched. And it's true. You know, like on Earth, we are just, we are gorgeous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Briefly. This weekend. <laughs> but yeah here here it is all right someday i'll love ocean vong ocean get up the most beautiful part of your body is where it's headed and remember loneliness is still time spent with the world here's the room with everyone in it your dead friends passing through you like wind through a wind chime here's a desk with a gimp leg and a brick to make it last. Yes, here's a room so warm and blood close. I swear you will wake and mistake these walls for skin. And then that's a, that's the end of that little segment. But yeah, I just thought that was really beautiful. The idea that even if you feel lonely and you feel like isolated from everyone, like you're still a person, a part of this world. Like you're still walking down a city street where there's life, like there are people and stray cats and, and trees. And so are you really lonely? There's still these little signs of life around you is kind of how I took it to mean. Oh, I think that's beautiful. I also think it is like very, um, like there's there's this like line that that people straddle where they need to be like connected and a part of a community but they also need to feel like an individual and like unique and important in some way and i think that's how like solitude kind of encourages that if that makes sense where when you do it in a in a healthy way you kind of still have this connection with the the rest of the universe knowing you're part of something bigger and all of that and then you're also cultivating like you being a unique individual but I think when you're lonely it's like doing the opposite where you feel isolated from the the universe universe yeah which is kind of what I took from that poem where it was like you're part of something bigger at all times yeah, are we are we ever really alone? Yeah, but you're also unique. Yeah, and I wonder if that's a cultural thing too. Just like valuing that time for solitude and uniqueness. Is that like pretty pretty Western? Yeah. Like, oh, that's a good topic to get into. Cause <laughs> in India, like even when you sleep, 
no one sleeps alone the like you don't have your own especially when we go like when I go for what month or two months at a time and every night you're sleeping with at least two or three other people on a bed every single night you have not one second alone aside from like pooping and showering yeah <laughs> and every other second is spent with people and there's yeah you don't I don't think you foster any sort of time for solitude like there is none of that yeah and you're kind of a weirdo if you need alone time or like ask for alone time that's so true when I was at my uncle's place a few India trips ago I I don't think anything was happening we were just all kind of hanging out until like some next event was happening in the evening and so I went into this room, the room that I was sleeping in, and I just like picked up my book and started reading. And I had like six people come in the room and ask me if I was okay. Like if something was wrong, like, why are you just sitting here by yourself? I was like, no, I'm just reading. And they're like, you can read in America. Like, why are you just like, fair? <laughs> I get that I can like, I'm on vacation with my family. I probably shouldn't be like, I don't know. It was, we were there for a few weeks and I was just a little bit like, like okay so like I mentioned I like to carve out time for solitude but that's I wonder if that's something that I just kind of developed growing up in America and I wonder if I grew up in India that I wouldn't have that feeling or not even be interested in like entertaining it because it you're right Jitha, like it was like a very weird thing or I think Shivani you said that like to be it's almost like why would you want to spend time alone when you can be around like 15 of your family members and friends and yeah, I don't know how that affects your personal development, but yeah, it was definitely a very odd thing to spend time alone. And it also like discouraged, like I think my mom was like mad at me or like somebody, they were just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you being like a moody brat by like being on your own? Like, that's like how they took it. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin to describe like why I just kind of felt like reading and not like I was like socially exhausted. I don't think that would even like comprehend for them. And it's really, it's funny because I remember like, I think a similar ish scenario where I, I was reading, but I was reading like in the living room and on the couch, like where other people, like there wasn't anyone in the living room, but there were people like, you know, in the kitchen and like around the living room. And that was like encouraged. They're like, oh, Vava, look at her studying. So what a good girl. Like, it, <laughs> this is like a stupid book. Like, this is not like an intellectual book whatsoever. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I'm just a smart bitch. Um, but <laughs> they were like, that was like super encouraging. But then I know if I did that, like where I was in the room and doing that, I'd probably be like, who is she mad at? Like, why is she upset? Like, why did she take herself away from... So it's not even, I don't know, it's not even like, it's the act of wanting to be alone. It's very frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it has its benefits, like being a part of a communal space, always being around family. I think it leads to less feelings of like isolation and because as human beings, like we need our wolf pack you know, we need our group where we feel like we belong and we're accepted. And raising kids, like, it really takes a village. Like, you don't, like, I don't know, the strain that 
American parents have with raising children, especially when they outnumber you, is absurd. And you don't have that strain in, in your oh. family. You're fighting a battle. <laughs> Wait, what? Outnumbering you just sounds like you're fighting a battle. I know. <laughs> Which sometimes I bet you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also, I think it's important to make an argument for just total solitude. Like, I guess we generally think of it as like meditation or in terms of like an accessible thing. Like not everybody can just like drive to the middle of a forest and pull a Walden or something. But in terms of just like sitting by yourself and like literally not doing anything or like listening to anything or consuming anything, I think that's something that helps you figure out what the quality of your mind is like at that moment. And when it's just you and your thoughts, you can really pay attention to what your worldview is. And that's something that those are like, that's the lens you're going through life is that whatever is in your mind. And it's not until you sit down with it and you unpack what's happening and what's triggering you and all those things that you realize you can kind of more so go through life and let like verse like oh god sometimes I just go on these rambles <laughs> I never know where I'm going but um no I have a point my point is I think it's important like we mentioned to have we, we talked about how like it's important to have these activities that you're doing in solitude and spend time alone and intentionally but it's also I think it's beneficial to just spend that time completely alone, at least a few minutes every day and evaluate what your mental state is like, because that's the state that will then kind of determine the rest of your day and the rest of your life. Because there's this, um, the author of The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle said that enlightenment is the space between your thoughts. And so it's, it's not something that you reach when you've like climbed Mount Everest and now you're 65 and you're like, Oh, I get it. This is, this is why, this is what it means to like truly feel at peace. It's the things it's like the moment to moment date. That's what I want to talk about last episode. It's the day to day. It's a quality of your mind in that moment that determines everything. And then eventually that's just like your days transform into weeks, transform into months. And And then you look back and, you know, you want to feel like you had a fulfilled life and it's important to make sure you're constantly like doing checkups on your mental health in order to have that. Because sometimes as you go through life, things just like hit you mentally and you don't really take the time out to process it because you're busy or whatever, something's happening. And then, but it's not like it just goes away. It kind of like adds a layer of emotional trauma in your in your brain's bank and it might come out in different ways you don't realize it and then it's not until you like sit down with yourself and you're like whoa that's actually why I feel so triggered when something like this is said to me or like oh that's why I don't like when somebody um or like doing this specific thing at work uh yeah it's like important to have that time to evaluate why that's happening and then you could like move forward and take whatever steps are needed once you've realized what's going on in there. And that's why solitude is also great in terms of just like plain, pure solitude, nothing else.
Totally. I really like that line that enlightenment is the space between your thoughts. That was like a really good one-liner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think like all those things that you were saying at the end kind of reflect how like therapy works where I think a therapist kind of helps you get to a place of solitude rather than feeling loneliness just because I mean in general even when because I think a lot of the time especially the root of depression is a feeling of loneliness even if it's loneliness and company but just feeling like complete mental salt like isolation and I think a therapist is what really helps you sit with yourself in a way that you can stand yourself if that makes sense yeah and give you the tools to recognize instead of react to when something is triggering to you Mm -hmm. you know like to be able to sit with sit in solitude and like kind of notice your thoughts as they're passing by so like we aim for in meditation um instead of like falling back into that pattern of negative self-talk like I'm a bad person and that's why like this is happening to me or yeah it's my fault and then you know there's when that mental chatter which I, I keep I've said that like five times this episode but when that's just going and going and that pattern never ends then there's no time for the space between your thoughts or there's no time for solitude yeah and um like headspace actually talks like that app talks pretty uh similarly to what you were mentioning about the like kind of taking a step back and watching your thoughts pass you by rather than kind of immersing yourself in them which is like observing your thoughts is such a it's such a concept that you don't really think about unless you're actively thinking about it if that makes sense or you choose to I don't know if that any of that sentence made sense but no it yeah it's empowering yeah you're not controlled by your feelings of loneliness and isolation like I feel like solitude was kind of taking control and just noticing yeah it kind of actually reminded me of shrooms (laughs) Ooh. Uh, so I've heard from (laughs) accounts by people that (laughs) 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 especially like um, ego death where so it basically happens when you have no kind of recognition of who you are but you know it was almost like when this person um, had their experience they knew exactly what happened to them like in a almost in a storyline kind of capacity but then none of it actually happened to them themselves it was almost like it was a separate person that this whole life happened to and they were just observing it and then they didn't know who they were or I mean they knew kind of where they were and where they're supposed to go in a like I live here or this is like home base and what's safe this is where I need to go kind of way um but it was 
just the most surreal experience for this person um (laughs) and I think it, it was feeling super connected to the universe while at the same time feeling like a very unique individual it was like feeling those two things at the same time I highly recommend it just at least that's what a person said they, the person that's said. what that person had said to me yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like that's just the ideal goal to stand on that line that runs between uniqueness really feeling yourself feeling your solitude you're feeling your mental health and then also feeling this like intense connection to the earth not to sound like a new age hippie kind of person but but I mean just like like you are a part of something bigger but you're also something bigger we're like a microorganism we're an organism on a bigger organism yes (laughs) i guess we play a critical part in the grand design but there also is a grand design i guess i don't know i feel like we're just going back and forth on metaphors (laughs) (laughs) in conclusion (laughs) is made of spaghetti (laughs) wouldn't be surprised at this point (laughs) should we move on to well I guess did we talk about being single I feel like I keep asking this I think we we, I like kind of touched on it but I don't know if you want to talk about it because I think that was more like me going on about my personal relationship relationship with loneliness and singledom and whatnot but I think as I've gotten older, my like view towards being single has changed. Like pre ever having a boyfriend, I think I was more of like, ooh, what's that like having a boyfriend? And then once it happened and then like, you know, just like general connection started happening and there was like a there's more freedom to like act upon crushes because I didn't obviously didn't have that freedom in high school that much. But um, once that came along and then I've, I don't know if it's like you started to see, like you kind of know what it's like, you know, the patterns that generally fall into place and maybe like the, the shine of it isn't there as much anymore, but um I think what the generally what we're craving when we say like we want to be with somebody is like the first six months phase where it's like you like just met and everything's like it's a brand new territory to venture on and all of that but we don't really talk about the post six months phase where it's like you have to continue to keep choosing each other and regardless of all of the flaws that you have now discovered about this person (laughs) and especially if you're like you know bringing your lives together like in a marriage or something um it's a strong balance of maintaining your sense of identity and independence and solitude when need be but then also making sure you're 
together and providing company for this person. So I think after that and after just like hearing about some pretty bad dating experiences and just like dating in general in your 20s is just, I think it's something that people glorify and they're like, oh, you're single and you're in your 20s. That's like your prime time to like, it's like you're so fertile. Everyone must want you. And it's like, I mean, it's also <laughs> like you're, mm, everyone I, wants your eggs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like my eggs are quite in demand, but the options of sperm are not great. <laughs> So I will not be getting fertilized anytime soon. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's my take on being single. When you know the value of your eggs, you don't just settle for any kind of sperm, you know? And then all of a sudden it's just, it's just not as um, appealing anymore. But I, with that being said, I do think I'm still not, as I'm not at that the point where like I think some there I've met men who are very much like I have opted out of the dating game I want to be single forever I want to go hike for the rest of my life I don't want to be in a relationship no one can tie me down blah 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 I don't think I'm at that extent but I think right now I'm just kind of in this like happy medium where I'm like if it comes if it happens it happens if it doesn't like it's okay. There's there's things that need to be worked Priority. on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like a lot of the times when guys say things like that, not even guys, honestly, mostly guys, I would say girls say that too, but not definitely not as frequently. It's usually stems from some sort of issue. Like, I don't think they're doing that because they're so comfortable with being in solitude or anything. I think it's more of they got they got a, some problem they need to deal with and they just choose not to deal with it um but I just on that note that you were talking about I don't think I'm I should be in a relationship right now or I'm ready to be in a relationship any in like the near future because I feel like I'm so I'm not good with being alone right now and I'm not I don't think I'm where I want to be with myself and with getting to know myself and when you're kind of I guess ultimately the goal is you find someone and you're kind of locked in for you know most of your life or for like a very long-term situation and ideally you don't want to like get divorced or like have something happen um so like you have all that time to to constantly be with someone I just want to like take as much time as I can from my life to like productively be by myself before I can figure out how to then adjust that with someone else. Cause I think figuring out yourself while you're with someone else is like trying to fit puzzle pieces that don't really fit together because they're not fully formed yet. It just, I don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also on top of that, when you are in a relationship, being able to comfortably be in solitude with each other is also very important. Like, can you sit in silence together and it's not weird, it's not awkward? Or can you feel heavy emotions in front of this person? And how is this other person going to react or how are they going to kind of sit with you in these emotions? Like, I think 
because a lot of the times we feel heavy emotions when we're single and we we deal with them ourselves. And then when we bring someone else into those emotions, it's by our choice. It's not by, because while they're there, they live with me, like they're gonna, or they're experiencing it with me. Like if a, some relative dies, like usually, you know, your spouse or whoever is probably right there with you experiencing kind of similar emotions if they're as close. Um, but you don't really get that when you're single. So then, I don't know, I think it, it is like, I think grief and solitude is also another topic. And then grief, solitude and relationships, like there's just so many different dynamics. I just know right now I am not ready for a serious relationship to before I can figure this out. Can I just say, I just love how self-aware and reflective you are. I feel like it's, it's special that you're able to recognize that within yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just recognizing that like I'm a hot mess right now. But <laughs> oh, the thing is like I love Aiden to death, but I met him when I was so young. Like I had just turned 22 and I didn't realize until we've been together for longer that like wow, there's so much shit internally that I need to work out. Like, but it, it didn't get to the point where I was like, we need to break up so I can figure this out. Like I really felt like he held me in this like unconditional positive regard which I I also like hold my friends in or I hold my family in where like yeah I'm gonna work with you through this and we're get, we can talk about it and it's not gonna be uncomfortable like I think that's just so hard to find like someone who won't make you feel uncomfortable about like these jagged not so great parts of yourself mm-hmm. and I think yeah, like solid, and it's hard to feel comfortable even with yourself and accept like all those messy parts of yourself too. So I think the ultimate goal maybe of solitude is to, is to find that acceptance, find that like self-love. And it's takes- I think also in some cases might be, sorry, I just cut you off. Um, Do you want to finish? Um, no, I think I was done. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I also think um, sometimes being in a relationship might make that easier, potentially, like, in terms of maybe, like, physical, like, insecurities, definitely getting a lot more, like, validation. Well, ideally, you're getting a lot more validation if you're in a healthy relationship. Um, and then, but then I, yeah, I think validation in terms of career, passions, hobbies, all of that stuff, I think, comes a lot more from within yourself but I also think you and Aiden are kind of growing together in a healthy way whereas I see people who will grow together and then apart but still stay together if that makes sense like they're different people but not the same people who like kind of were compatible and things change but um but then they still think that they need to be together and they're too far in and it's this whole thing and society and standards blah, but yeah yeah or sorry Shimon are you about to say something oh no yeah I'm just um just agreeing I feel like there are definitely people who haven't made that evaluation both like of themselves that they're maybe not in a place to be in a relationship or like they've grown apart but they'll like keep the relationship like crumbling along <laughs> just for the sake of I don't know some cost bias or whatever also um 
I'm going to pee. I'll be back, but keep going. I'm going to take you with me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please. ASMR. <laughs> that was gross. That was funny. <laughs> but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was going to say that, you know, you could like get with someone while you're too young or not like self-aware yet or haven't worked through the stuff like whatever it is and then you kind of grow together um but eventually that growing goes into separate paths where like one person might start maturing faster than the other person or figure their shit out in a different way um and then the it seems like in those moments is when those flaws really start to surface and and you figure out like if you have very different ways of dealing with things and that's going to come to a head and that's not really sustainable so yeah I totally feel you and I also think you put a lot more pressures on your significant other when you don't know how to control your emotion or not even control your emotions but like how you yourself react or should be reacting to your own emotions that you assume that your partner should like be picking up the slack for you or you almost are yeah over dependent on them and then you're just kind of overflowing all these issues on top of the issues that they probably haven't worked out uh, with you know yet either and it's just a lot of issues yeah like I'll give an example of a friend um who really enjoys validation it's me I'm I'm the friend Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that really loves like compliments and affirmations and all this stuff and I realized like I was really expecting that from my partner because like I didn't feel like I could give that to myself and oh like your love language yeah exactly um so I I don't know it's it's hard to figure out like what's your love language and then what's something that you need to just like find from within yourself and not expect from other people you know like acts of service like do your own damn laundry yo I literally saw this exact thing on like an Instagram thing which is apparently where I get all my information now (laughs) Um, it was literally talking about how your love language is a correlation of what you like self-inflict what's it like your the bad habit that you self-inflict on yourself is like like what you seek out is what you deplete yourself deprive yourself of so like for me and it like blew my mind because I was like yes so for me like acts of service is like my favorite well I don't want to do my damn laundry Shimani (laughs) (laughs) you'll do it for me to show your love hell yeah but no but also like my most harmful like act that I do to myself is like severe procrastination which is like I feel like the opposite of acts of service whereas like you were saying like lack like you what was it like like affirmations and compliments yeah but you have like bad self-talk right or yeah, or I have I have a hard time like affirming and validating myself, and yeah, so I really, like I need to work through that before I expect all of it from my partner. Like I think 
yeah, there's a limit to how much you should expect your partner to give you. Yeah. So I think like a lot of people are like, oh, like love language is this like cute thing that you want from your partner. But, like maybe it's like something so much deeper and like a little darker where it's like, no, this is actually what you deprive yourself of and like should actually work on psychologically. Like my procrastination is to a point of absolute like debauchery doesn't even like I will not study for an exam unless it's the day before finals don't care night before can't can't do anything because in in my eyes I'm like oh I'd rather enjoy Wednesday and like go on a nice walk and just do like whatever and then like Thursday like really screw myself over and have to do like a ton of shit that I have to do like Friday you know yeah okay I won't like budget it so never um I also wonder if it has to do with like how we grew up and what our like parents did because I I feel like my parents they like gave me a ton of compliments and always told me how proud they were which I feel like is kind of unique in parents but at the same time they were also really critical and had like really high standards for everything like not just academics um so I wonder if that affirmation comes from like a response to all that criticalness that was like in our household yeah I feel like there's just so like these love language things or like the acts that you seek from other people that like give you joy or whatever are just like run so much deeper and like people are kind of just looking at it at like a very surface level level part because I think like parent parental stuff is huge like my mom acts of service was definitely like how she showed like she would never there was no affirmation whatsoever like no words of validation ever it was always just like I will never say I love you but I will make you all of your meals I will do your laundry like I'll do everything for you so it was like the only way we were shown affection yeah and I feel like that's totally a cultural thing and like my mom will spend the whole day cooking in the kitchen but won't spend like any quality time with us like she'll yeah. still be cooking while we're eating dinner and it's like no we need quality time too yeah. I'm like you can't hold a conversation when you're like making doll like what yeah yeah oh it's partially cooking my dinner <laughs> it's her love language yeah <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, I was- we talk about like moving to a new place but it's pretty similar I would say yeah I think we touched on it yeah I think for the first few days you don't really have to think about much because just the logistics of everything keeps you busy Mm -hmm. but I think overall a good place to end on is like asking yourself where are you deriving fulfillment from how are you managing your attention because nowadays you your attention and your wallet is like kind of a way of, of like a voting system in and of itself so like what are you accounting for who are you giving your peace of mind to almost um and the ways that you're keeping yourself busy are they like depleting you or are they nurturing you like how do you feel afterwards and making sure that you're balancing both consuming and creating. So maybe if you feel like 
solitude, like winding down with the show is like how you feel um, relaxed and that's totally fine. But then maybe like balancing that out like another night with them, um, like doing like or something or running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good show guys. That was almost three hours. <laughs> Whoa. Gosh, it was. <laughs> I was like, why am I exhausted? Because <laughs> we talked ourselves to exhaustion. We did. So we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. All right. I love you guys. I love you too. I'll see you guys soon. Yeah. <laughs> Signing off. All right. Bye.